Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 27 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, Adam, Scott, and Jeremiah welcome the newest member of the Green Street Hammers, Scott Davis, aboard. The four-man crew discusses West Ham's new kits, the departure of some long-tenured players, and end with some transfer talk and speculation. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Green Street Hammers podcast. We're here for episode 27, our first episode since the end of the season. Uh, There's been a couple bits of news popping up, which we're going to get to today. But first, uh, let's start with the newest uh, addition to the team here at Green Street Hammers. Uh, You may know him as Denver Denver West Ham, Denver Scott. It's Scott Davis. Uh, Scott, uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the the team at Green Street Hammers and on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Can you uh, guys hear me well? Yeah, yeah. We got got your loud and clear, I think. And, and we do have the two other regulars on here, Jeremiah and Scott. Jeremiah, how you doing? I'm doing good, Adam. It's a beautiful day out here in Colorado. Can't complain. I'm not working, so I'll even, take it. Even better. Scott, how about you? Yeah, it's night early here in Melbourne, and it's a uh, very, well, Australian cold 10 degrees for our most of our viewers, or about 50 degrees for your American That's a, That's balmy. Yeah. That's balmy over here. Mm. Uh, it's jumper weather for me but the rest of the australians think it's very cold (laughs) perspectives everything uh that's usually when we start taking off our sweaters and jackets and playing road hockey in toronto so uh (laughs) you know i guess perspective on everything um all right gentlemen uh we're back and we're talking about west ham of course but we're, we're gonna start with uh the the newest piece of news for west ham and that is um the worst kept secret in the world, <laughs> the kits <laughs> released by West Ham. Uh, X was biting his tongue on it on the, the West Ham Way podcast uh, as he was asked to, but when the pictures got leaked, uh, it was all but over. Uh, let's start with the home kit. Uh, that would be our, I believe that's that's the the blue, or the the uh, claret with the blue stripes. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's correct. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, feel free, whoever wants to to be a, to be the first to have their say on it. Let's start with that one there. Logo, no logo, stripes, yes or no. What are what are our thoughts on it? Uh, someone take take the lead on this guy here. Sure. So I I'll freely admit I got up at three this morning to see the official release. I'm I'm wow. in DC this week. Wow. I got on board. I took a look. I went to the shop. The shop was open. And I, I went out. I was surprised to see that you could buy kits without the logos. Yeah. I figured it might yeah. might have been an error, so I snuck it. I put an order in right away. <laughs> I found out <laughs> later on there's some questions whether it's good or not. Um, Sam Inkersol checked in online and went to uh, the the source at West Ham and said West Ham will absolutely honor anybody's order that has the no logo thing. It turns out there's a workaround as well. You can go and in, go into the the juniors that don't have the logo and order an adult size. Uh, mm. I think they look spectacular. Specifically, I, I ordered the away kit. I love the the clean, simple lines. It's 
it's very very pretty um of course i'm a bit of a fat guy so i'll have that that <laughs> crease of uh beer stains over my gut where where my gut comes out but other than that it'll be great um the home kit's pretty too but i i gotta tell you i really love the away kit yeah i i, I think the home kit's a really nice one i mean i think it, like i say they're both uh reminiscent of the uh, 1980 uh, season which we won the FA Cup in, which is a good old uh, thing to tie back to the uh, sort of history of the club. Um, but I've got a very similar retro kit um, that I already have for the home kit, so I've done the same thing. Um, I've gone for the away kit, also without the sponsor, because uh, it doesn't look as nice with a big old bet way across it. Like, uh, I... Mm, have done good things for the club. Uh, it just doesn't look very pretty. So I've, I've ordered the uh, sponsorless one as well. <laughs> question, for, question for those who have ordered. Uh, is this just the, the quote-unquote under-18 version of the kit? Well, it says under-18. Oh, it said sponsorless version. I just ordered that in a medium. Okay. So okay. I just looked now at the shop, and uh, as I'm perusing through here, you have the adult away shirt, uh, the short sleeve, long sleeve, and then there's 2019-2020 under-18 away shirt. Uh, for the same price, so I imagine that would be it. That's the only one that doesn't have uh, a logo on it. Uh, okay, so yeah, so it, when I looked at it, it was just after the announcement, and it just said sponsorless or uh, clean version. I can't remember what it called called it, but uh, yeah, I went for that one because it, I agree with the other Scott. I think that the, the uh, it looks really cool. I mean, the only thing that's different between that and the 1980 version is the uh, the colours. And I think it's a nice updating version. Updated I, version. I have added something to my cart. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Jeremiah, what are I your thoughts? Uh, Jump in. Yeah, man, I haven't, I haven't quite got there yet by mine. But tonight, when I get home, I'm definitely gonna probably add. I don't know which one. I think the away one for sure. I have a similar kind of retro one, like you were saying, Scott, with uh, back in the '80s, and I like that. Um, I kind of, in a weird way, would have maybe liked to see the collar kind of come back. I know that's not really a thing anymore, but. That would have been kind of sweet to see, too. Um, but, man, yeah, I love them both. And uh, I think Umbro's done a heck of a job, once again, of uh, just bringing out another good kit. Yeah, I feel like there was a general um, initial knee-jerk reaction of negativity, be surprised, on Twitter of... Uh, Weird. <laughs> of uh, West Ham not going with, like, an Adidas or Nike mm-hmm. or Nike uh, for Scott. Um, uh, sponsor <laughs> on the logo, or a spo- or kit design, rather. Um but Umbro's been fine. I think what people wanted them to move away from was the generic designs for different teams. So I think us and, and Everton had similar kits this past season, uh, with the band saying or with the band having the Umbro logo around it. Um, but this is clearly a West Ham only design. And if you look at, I don't know if you guys saw, I'd love your love your opinion on this. If you looked at the the Leicester City kits, the pink one and the black one, oh, um, yeah, what yeah. an absolute disaster! Gross. Oh, uh, those are Adidas. So that Gross. was a recolored oh. Germany kit and a, a bargain bin. I think it was fifteen pound on sale kit that they just slapped a Leicester City logo on for forty <laughs> more pounds. Crazy. Yeah, I, I did see I, my first. Uh, uh, discount kit. There's somebody already selling one in Hong Kong for West Ham. Oh. <laughs> and there was one person who did something really interesting online. They changed the Betway logo to uh, Claret on the on the away shirt. I got to tell you, it was pretty oh. striking. Instead of having it in yeah. black, it was pretty well, cool. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people do that as well. And I do think that the issue is there is obviously the company don't want their, their uh, logo in anything but the company colors. But it would look so much better in club colours. Um, so if you have 
something like that's so stark again like the black on the white does really offset whereas the claret would look very nice sleek it, it did it was really pretty i was just i'm kind of surprised they just got a 60 million pound deal done with betway for the next six years so for 10 million pounds a year they get their name on a shirt and they're selling a shirt without their logo. I, I'm kind yeah, of wondering. I, yes, I did think yeah. it was a mistake. I, I'm <laughs> kind of wondering what the corporate feedback is on that one. I wonder if it's if that was worked into the deal. Uh, I know they're not offering the home kit without it, so I, I believe they're not. They offering were the early. Kit. So, they were early. So I think there's maybe a uh, an error on the shop or something because it's a good time to be more expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good time oh, to wake up early and get on. Yeah. You know what? It, yeah, it's still up there as well. I guess you have no. There's nothing Betway. You know what? If if this was something that Betway did, you know, or agreed to, I don't know if this is just a, a, a massive mishap or not. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the club. But uh, if if this was something they agreed to, I mean, that's that's pretty. I you know, stand up and, and you know, hats off to them there. I wonder if yeah, they've talked to Betway about uh, London Stadium uh, naming rights. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It'd be interesting to see because we, we can't seem to find anybody who wants to put their name on, on the building. Yeah, I, I still find that strange that there's not anyone. Maybe the, clubs, maybe the club's not doing the legwork for it because they don't own it yet. That could be... The potential of you know splitting right. revenue. It is up to the um, it is up to the London. Uh, it's the Olympic Humber. Committee or whatever. Like the yeah, I can't remember yeah. the official name of it, but the uh, they definitely are still in charge of a lot. So yeah, there's um, there's a lot to be desired about the deal between uh, us and London Council, but yeah. maybe this is us uh, sort of digging our heels in and going, well, if we owned it, it would be named by now. Yeah, plenty, plenty of legwork to be done on, on that deal, I'm sure. Uh, any any other final words on the kit here, guys, or on uh, on how the the hammers handle the uh, unveiling of it all? Well, it it was kind of, again, you know, as you said earlier on, the worst kept secret in football was our kit. We'd all seen either West Ham Central or somebody else had posted a few days ago, and then X said, "Yep, that's there." Uh, I find it really interesting that you saw Lanzini and Rice heavily marketed in it mm-hmm. uh felipe anderson i don't yeah. okay maybe i just missed it but i didn't see marco in the kit did you guys see marco in the kit he no. was in the no. leaked version uh i believe he's in the the leaked picture that came out early with the massive feet uh-huh. and, and legs on them oh, oh yeah, I thought the, the shrek and anderson maybe um, maybe i'm maybe i'm maybe i'm misremembering i'm scrolling through their twitter right now uh, I, I don't see anything from the official account here, but uh, that's that's something good to, to pick out there. This also could have been shot a while ago, and they weren't t- entirely positive on Arnautovic staying, although he has um, recommitted himself to the club, paying him millions of pounds. Uh, he, he's recommitted to West Ham officially, so I think he'll, he'll be here. I don't know if there's enough to read into that, but you also don't want to see, seem like you're rewarding somebody for that behavior, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think after the Payet incident where he was marketed heavily and then they had to remove him from parts of the stadium at one point in time, I think they've learned a lesson. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think they've gone, uh, gone... So Rice is the big English darling at the moment. Uh, they've yeah. got Noble with me, a lot of the kits. And they've got three South American players that they've marketed. Uh, so I saw Balbuena in it. I saw... Um, 
Anderson and Lanzini. So maybe they're looking at where the big football markets are. So they, they, we don't have uh, Issa Diop's probably our biggest European. And he's, player, he's in it as well. Yeah, he is. He yep. is. He's in it. Yeah. Antonio too. Yeah, so we don't have like Yarmolenko in it, which I thought maybe we could have done, but I, I didn't see him anyway. Um, maybe he's still too injured to walk around. I don't know. But um, it would have been. I, I think they've looked at where they can sell shirts, and South America's a big, big thing to sell shirts. Especially missing so, out on or losing out on Chicharito from the Mexican market. If if you can. Uh, yeah, but he's leaving, isn't he? So. That's what I mean. Exactly. If you if you can supply that, or sorry, not supply that, but sort of make up for that with. Brazil and Paraguay and Argentina. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, sure. It is. You know what I liked? Sorry. You know what I liked? I liked that there wasn't an annoying kind of like a unveiling of it. You know, you see a lot of clubs do it and West Ham's done it before. Somebody comes out and there's like a huge unveiling and it's really like corny and cheesy and just ridiculous. It was a good, you know, clean video and, and cleaning out and yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well done all around. And West Ham do not shy away from their history. No. Um, you know, we have trophies on like a couple other teams in London, uh, but we have trophies to, to look back on. And, you know, the inside collar of the of the away shirt has the FA Cup logo on it, it says 1980 Wembley. So there's that little touch of history. And as well, um, something that I think a lot of West Ham fans are really happy about, and maybe the smallest detail of them all, is the uh, the Upton Park Bowling Ground Castle on the back. Yeah. I nice love stuff. that. Yeah. You know, if I was going to be getting a tattoo on me for West Ham, I think it would be the castle with the crossed, arm, uh, crossed hammers on it. I think that's such a nice, classy look. It is. It is. It's so pretty. I think Nick uh, Nick's Sporting Goods uh, from New York City was just going mad about it, basically. And when he <laughs> saw that, he was basically, take my money. Take my money now. Yeah. I don't I'm, think Nick uh, slept last night. Yeah. <laughs> I did think about calling him. I threatened to call him, and he said, please don't. If they unveiled it with Mitrovic wearing it, I think Stampar would have been uh, passed out <laughs> in the street somewhere. No pants, just a kid on top, something like that. I don't know. I, I don't. It would not have been safe for work. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, and I do believe he, he's looking to, to, to jump in with us here on Green Street Hammers as well. So, the, you know, the rich get richer as far as we're concerned with great quality people here. Something uh, that came up that we, we had recently said, someone may have noticed or may have mentioned, sorry, uh, Dimitri Payet having to be removed from uh, the outside of the stadium and, and marketing regarding the team. Uh, something else West Ham is going to have to remove from their stadium walls is the overhead kick of Andy Carroll as he has been released from the club officially uh, come uh, June 1st. Now, there's been a kind of host of players that are leaving the team at the end of contracts and whatnot. Andy Carroll has to be the biggest name on that. Um, the other names, Tony Martinez, I'll get to him because there's something phenomenal about that kid. Uh, Adrian, you know, terrific, terrific memories with our with our once starting keeper uh, who deserves a chance to be a starter again, just probably not at West Ham. And uh, Samir Nasri, our reinforcements in January. Uh, Scott, you are the longest tenured West Ham fan. I believe this would be uh, this would be our English Scott, Scott Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us your thoughts on Carroll. What was the sort of era around or the the era around West Ham when when he signed for us and and, um, maybe if you can your thoughts on his roller coaster type career at the club yeah uh, so I've actually got a very clear memory of the first time I heard the rumor we were going to sign him even on loan Um, and it was I was around my one of my best mates and they're, they're having some work done and one of the builders knew that he was a West Ham fan 
And he said, oh, mate, if you heard, we're, we're going to sign uh, sign Andy Carroll, probably on loan to start off with. But, I mean, that means no relegation battle for us, doesn't it? <laughs> and like, there was this mm. big, like, it's not like he was a, he was a big name. Uh, it was, he, he hadn't done particularly well at Liverpool. No, I mean, but he'd scored at Newcastle and he'd shown impact. And at the time, we were a direct team. Uh, we, we fed off balls into the box and... Yeah, Carroll would have been a fit, a fit that system very well. Um, and I, one of these players that's just, he's got a lot of talent in the way he plays, but he's not, he just isn't built for the game of football, unfortunately. Like, he, he looks like he is, but under the surface, he's got too much, too much going wrong uh, in terms of injuries. And there are players that are around him that, um, never seemed to get injured uh, similar standing and maybe he could do more to look after himself I mean I, I can't comment because all I hear are rumours and the fact that everyone believes that he got injured this season from crawling out of the uh, hotel uh, uh, silly o'clock in the morning with Winston Reid or something uh, it's I mean the fact that everyone believed it is kind of a bad sign but um, yeah he's I think it's. I think I'll look back and go. What could have been? He's. He, there's some great memories. That overhead kick against Palace. The, uh, the hat trick against Arsenal in the final season. The goals he scored uh, against big teams. He scored uh, against uh, Chelsea. He scored. Um, he has scored some really important goals for us. Uh, it's just a shame he wasn't around more. Um, I think people would have resented him less, even if he'd played the. Like played and not scored in the games he wasn't available for. Like currently, people would be looking at back and funded. But when you're paying money for someone to sit on the sideline, it, it's tough. And I'm not sure we will we will remove the overhead kick from the side straight away because the the reason they had to get rid of the pirate stuff was because people wanted to vandalise it. Um, <laughs> I think people will remember Carol more fondly than Pyatt, um because he didn't just sort of snake out, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not too sad to let see him go because I think we need to move on. But I know that he was a fan favourite for some and he was a good plan B, but I think it's a good sign that we're not looking to play that, that brand of football. Jeremiah, I know you're a sympathizer with me on this one. Uh, you know, we, we both have a soft spot and we've not been quiet about it. You also wrote, wrote a blog for Green Street Hammers saying goodbye to him. Uh, what are your general thoughts as uh, someone who sees him through rose-colored glasses? Man, you know, I felt good this morning until you had to bring this back up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, but I agree a lot. You, you know, we've been, we've been heavily slated before, too, here in this podcast of always talking about him and, and bringing him up, but... He was the kind of player that I kind of grew up. I first started watching uh, West Ham, kind of that championship season, and they came back up, and then, you know, Carroll was around, and soon after, and I, I grew up kind of watching him in that sense, and uh, I loved it. You know, I, like I wrote in the article, and truly, he was out there to play, and when he was out there to play, he, he put his whole heart into it what he could. I mean, he wasn't the fastest guy, but maybe sometimes not the strongest guy, but he would go in and get up in, in any situation. And you, I have fond memories of seeing him, you know, bloodied up and laying down and getting stitched up real quick to go back in or even having the headband on to stop the bleeding. Or, I mean, you can think of all the different goals, but you could, you could see Andy Carroll in so many different ways. And I think that, you know, if, if there wasn't as much injury involved with it, I think if there wasn't as much, and I, I do think he gets a lot of flack, like we've talked about before with when he is hurt, 
he's not always out. You don't see him doing the rehab. You see him out drinking, you know, <laughs> in Miami or somewhere until six o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and so people give him a lot of, a lot of flack for that. But yeah, I, I don't think I agree with you, Scott. I don't think they're going to take the picture down anytime soon or they shouldn't. Um, I think there's a lot of fond memories, a lot of, uh, a lot of good times. And he, he was involved in a lot of uh, fairly big things as far as keeping us up or having a good rest of the season or, or just, uh, some really solid memories that I hope that fans soon don't forget. Yeah. And, and I'm just looking here, I'm, I'm sort of pouring through his stats and, and, um, I feel like more people would be, uh, you know, really sad about this had he not been given a fair shake at the end of the season, but Pellegrini did everything he really could in his power to get Carroll minutes and have a look at him, even at the expense of minutes going to uh, Lucas Perez, obviously, but, um, as well to, to uh, Marco Arnautovic after he had thrown his tantrum and Chicharito. So uh, I'm just looking here, and it was 11 matches in a row, Premier League matches in a row, uh, that uh, Carroll got into for at least 11 minutes was the shortest, and he failed to score. He had he picked up two uh, yellow cards in that time, and uh, his only goal this season came against Birmingham in our 2-0 win. Uh, so, you know, he had an opportunity, and I just think it's a matter of the game sort of caught up to him. As Scott had said, he's not built for it physically uh, as far as, you know, sustaining injuries anymore. Uh, but my fondest mem- my two fondest memories as a West Ham fan go back to the first game I watched uh, West Ham beat up on Crystal Palace, and Andy Carroll was laying off the ball with headers, winning them back to Kevin Nolan, who I think had a brace in the game uh, for that West Ham win. And it was kind of showing the versatility of a big man. Um, I had no, you know, outside of schoolyard playing and, and uh, you know, playing as a little kid, I had no idea about, you know, modern football, modern soccer for us Canadians. Uh, but seeing him, you know, being able to do both things, but that was also five years ago, four years ago. So uh, the other one would be my only match I've ever been uh, at, at in London to see. It was at the London Stadium. Uh, it was not this past season, but the season prior in January. And West Ham won 94th minute. Uh, on an Andy Carroll brace that was against West Brom in January. Uh, that was like, I have goosebumps just talking about it right now because the entire London stadium knew something was going to happen when Lanzini had that ball going over half. And, you know, the ball came across Saranatovich, but he, you know, he let it go. And Carroll was there on a terrible angle. And, and I think it was Heaton and net. He was unbelievable, unbeatable. And, and this ball goes in. And it was like, it was absolute elation. And, uh, you know, it's just it forever imprinted Andy Carroll on me for my West Ham memories. So I'll be sad to see him go. My hope is that he comes to TFC and MLS. I think he'd be a great option for uh, replacing Josie Altidore off the bench. But, uh, you know, who knows if he'll actually want to do that or not. I think he bought a nice house. I think he may have bought Rod Stewart's old house in England. He bought Rod Stewart's old house. What a a guy. Uh, But, you know, actually, before we move on, uh, Scott, uh, Canadian slash American, Scott, Denver, Scott. Any thoughts on on Carroll, the big man, AC one thirty leaving? So uh, there's moments where I love Andy Carroll, but when I look at the minutes played and the games played and the the, the minutes missed, I, I can't say I'm going to miss him terribly. I understand you guys how you like him. I understand you know you're right. He gets into it. He would get his nose dirty. He'd get up in the air and he would be a terror for a defender. He was also a terror to the defender because he'd throw a big elbow and get a card and then look at the referee like, why can't I do this? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I'm going to miss him. No, I'm not. I'm not going to miss his price tag. No. I was looking at I was looking at the yeah. wage bill today, and he's he's a big chunk of the wage bill that we're going to get rid of this year. 
So yeah. from that point of view, um, you know, Andy, thanks for coming. I appreciated everything you do, but I, I won't miss you terribly. The only thing I was going to ask the other Scott was he um, when we got him from Liverpool. Was he still playing for the English squad, or was he off the English squad by that time? I think he was still being talked around it. Uh, I think uh, it was injuries that were keeping him out rather than ability uh, at the time. I don't think it was. Uh, um, I remember who was the manager at the time. Oh, is it? Oh, um, they said. Uh, I remember them saying, "Oh, he's not the same. Player, quite the same player." after the injury um but he was yeah he was in and out of the squad he certainly wasn't a main fixture but he wasn't um he, he wasn't being kicked out for okay. ability he was still scoring goals so. and I, I think that's something that sometimes we forget that when we did transfer him there was an enormous sense of upside recognizing that he'd had an injury or two but there was still a lot to go there so mm. you know hats off to him for what he did when he played hats off to him for the incredible effort um, I love a big Geordie in the air, but, you know, best of luck wherever he ends up. My guess is he's going to end up with Beckham down in Miami. Ooh. Ooh. That's oh, not bad. Solid, solid man. I'll, I'll, I'll buy tickets when he comes up to Toronto. That's my promise. <laughs> uh, okay. There was three other players released. Uh, Samir Nazri, Adrian, and Tony Martinez. I think there was actually eight, but those are the four, I guess, most talked about. Um, I'll open the floor to you guys. Maybe we'll start uh, in reverse order with uh, our newest Scott uh, taking the, the lead on this one. Uh, any thoughts on those guys leaving, uh, where you think they're going to end up, or just enter, any general uh, words, uh, parting words for those uh, those three? Well, I'll, I'll go quickly on all three of them. Adrian, a great servant to the club. He wants first-team football. Uh, he's not going to get it right now with uh, Lucas uh, Fabianski there. I don't blame him for taking a walk, frankly, his price tag at his age, again, is an issue that I have right now. I think we need to be looking younger. I think it is probably time to bring Nathan Trott or somebody up as long as they get time. Uh, Tony Martinez, I always thought that Tony was going to break through. I really felt like his skills and abilities were going to come through. And in the end, it turns out he didn't. And I, I'd love to say I've got a great reason why. I don't see any problem with his skill or his ability. Just is the heart not there or is, is his skill just not as good as I thought? I don't know, but hopefully he ends up somewhere. He continues to develop his career. He's not an old player, so there's still time for him to make a life of it. Samir Nasri, oh, I am tired of being the old folks home for great great players from the past. I mean, yeah, did he help uh, Did he help against Huddersfield setting up the third goal where Chicharito headed it in, and then we got the fourth goal on a short corner? Yeah, good, happy, didn't play enough, too easily injured, and as I just said about Andy Carroll, I love it when he's there, but too much time he's not. That's that's my thought on those three guys. Jeremiah, what do you think? Yeah, I'll kind of go in reverse order of that with Nazri. Same thing. You know, he he didn't really come what he to do what he was supposed to do. He had a couple good showing. I mean, you, you can tell that the abilities are still there, but for his age and his price tag, uh, we got to find better than that. So, yeah. uh, good riddance on that with uh, with Tony Martinez. Same thing. I really wanted to see him show up. He just never did. I'll be kind of curious. Um, to see what the rest of you guys think about him but yeah he just never really showed up and i think with with some of the academy players that are down there now in the under 23s there's there's some promise there's definitely some promise at the forward position that i think will outshine him soon so it's time for that and with adrian you know he he wanted he's not going to get the first time stuff and uh 
getting out, going somewhere else is probably best at his age. What's going on with that? Um, but I'll never forget. And I don't think anybody's ever going to forget the uh, the shootout in against uh, was it Everton? Yeah, Everton. Yeah, it was Everton, right? That was I'll never forget that. I'll be an old senile man. I'll still probably remember that. <laughs> um, fantastic memories with him. He was a great keeper. He really was at times, and uh, kind of fell off here in the last two years. But but yeah, um, yeah, he'll be missed for sure. But it's time to see him go too. Uh, I will jump in before letting uh, Scott uh, bookend this discussion on on these departures. Uh, on Adrian, uh, I was just gonna say uh, I think he, I, I give him credit for winning his net back. He lost it to Joe Hart. He won it back. He lost it to Darren Randolph. He won it back. Um, he just came up against the unstoppable force of Lucas Fabianski this year and the straw that broke the camel's back, I suppose, but his contract was up as well. And it sort of links with what West Ham are trying to do, getting younger, getting, uh, although they may get older in that position, um, you know, just sort of lining up for the future. Uh, so thank you for your time. Go to Spain and get those minutes. Just don't go to Crystal Palace. You're better than that. Uh, and uh, as far as Nazri, I think the way this was handled was beautiful, beautifully. Uh, he's, what, 31 years old. West Ham gave him a six-month contract in, in the opportunity to earn another year after that or two years after that. Um, I don't think the uh, the idea was ever going to be there to actually sign him, but incentivize the player. If he blows the doors off the Premier League again, you look like a genius for it. If not, you say thank you for your time. He contributed positively positively to the team, so no, no bones about that, and, and you move on, and he'll get a chance somewhere. I could see him maybe... Uh, getting back into a, a side in, in France and, and you know seeing where that goes. Um, but the person I want to talk about, specifically one point, is Tony Martinez. I thought he was going to break through as well, like Scott had said. Um, but he didn't. We all know that. He can barely get time in, in, in Spain's second-tier league right now. So um, that is what it is. He's clearly talented. Um, but he is the cockiest man I've ever seen. Uh, it is under 23 celebration, celebrating, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, predicting his hat trick. He's first goal, hear no evil, covers his ears. Second one covers his eyes. Third one covers his mouth. That is the cockiest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life to predict that you're going to get a hat trick. So, uh, you know, you know, those little stupid things that 10 years down the road, you'll remember Tony Martinez. You're forever going to be in my memory for that as the cockiest person I've ever seen. Scott, what do you think? Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll start with Martinez. I was a few years ago. I was I, I, when we signed him. I was very excited. I thought he was a good finisher. I thought maybe if he could um, work on his positioning and pace, uh, we could start to see someone sort of maybe of like '90s era finishes. Uh, didn't really come through. Uh, I think we loaned him out. Didn't set the leagues on fire that he went to, and. I'm not too sad to see him go. I think he just didn't develop into the player some hopes. Um, but we don't need another lightweight striker uh, sort of who can score a few goals, but he's going to really struggle to deal with the physicality of the Premier League. And I, I think it was inevitable that he was going to be off eventually. Um, Nasri, uh, I would have held him for a season. I think we're in a rebuilding stage or, so, or a revitalizing stage, I suppose. Um, if we're going to be playing with someone like Lanzini in the center, who is going to replace him when he's injured? Who's there to sort of pick? Where? Anderson's better on the wing. You want him isolated one-on-one with the defender. 
You don't want him in the middle where he can like, he can be surrounded. You, it, it's uh, his pace is is less useful in the middle than it is on the wing. So I think in the middle, it's really uh, you've, you've got, there's certain types of players that have, can float, roll around people, find those passes, and Nasri's one of them. I, I would have liked to have seen him, unless we're going to buy someone else in, we lose that kind of creativity uh, just in front of the central midfield area. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I would have, I would have kept him, uh, but I don't know what his wage demands were, what his playing demands were. Maybe so. Maybe that's different. He wanted a shed load of money. It sounded like he wanted, like, you know, it getting into the Chicharito kind of money and maybe a bit higher. Okay. If that's the case, then, yeah, we probably made the right decision. Um, Adrian, I agree with you guys. I think, I mean, I was there for the uh, the Everton shootout. Um, that would be one of my fondest memories of uh, Upton Park. Um, that uh, shootout win was behind the goal. Uh, when he took his gloves off and I was like, yeah, this is it, we've done it. Uh, no worries <laughs> now. Uh, and he is, he was, he's a great character. He's one of these people that you looked at and went, he loves being, he loves playing football. He loves being part of the club and you felt really happy when he played. But there were also times, I think it was against Stoke, uh, where he just charges at people. He gets a little bit carried away. Um, he's not, a uh, particularly modern keeper in terms of like the sweeping he's not um he's not particularly comfortable he doesn't inspire confidence when he rushes out uh you kind of like uh, if if it was a chase between him and the striker you're sitting there going oh please please please, please oh, oh my god <laughs> like this it, it's the you know, reminiscent of um oh david james um it might be a bit uh prior to or a bit beyond knowledge, but he had, his nickname was Calamity James. And he had that same, <laughs> kind of, um, same kind of, like, if he was going to run out of punch, you were like, please punch the ball, not the player. Please punch the ball, not the player. <laughs> and whilst Adrian, some of, I mean, again, things against Chelsea, where Adrian um, made outrageous number of saves once, were under, it was against the Mourinho Chelsea. And I think uh, he claimed we were playing, like, 16th century football or something. Um, but Adrian was outrageously... His shot-stopping, his, his reactions are great. Uh, and he'll do well. For a, for a team that picks him up, uh, he probably won't go to a top-half team, but he'll go to a team that needs a shot-stopper. And he'll do well. Um, I have full faith in that. But he just wasn't going to get time at West Ham, and I think it's right for us to let him go. Well... If, if that doesn't sum up what we've all been saying, I don't know what does. Uh, I, I think we can actually kind of carry the conversation over uh, into the next set of players who are coming into West Ham potentially. Uh, and uh, we'll take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we will be talking about uh, some transfer rumors linked to West Ham. All right. So we're back and we're talking transfers. Uh, the biggest name, and I think it's the person we should start with, is of course Andre Gomez, uh, or Gomes, uh, as you want to pronounce it. The Portuguese midfielder, he had a heck of a season at Everton. Uh, he's not going to do much to light up the score sheet or to sort of uh, impress you as far as statistically uh, speaking, but uh, the player is one of those guys who controls the game. Everything sort of flows through him. He's creative. He pulls strings. Um, a sort of a, if you want to look at other comparables on teams, I think João Matinho would be a good comparable to him, although Gomez is younger uh, and he's a little more dynamic. 
Uh, but he's one of those guys who dictates how the game's played for your team. Uh, and he was at the heartbeat of an Everton team that embarrassed West Ham late in the season. Um, Jeremiah, we'll go to you first on this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the on the rumor? Talk about the fees that are involved with it as well, and uh, the likelihood that you think the Hammers are going to get this one done. Yeah, um, I was kind of shocked. I guess shocked, not really in a way, because I think we were linked to him before. But uh, I, he's a good player. Like you said, he's not going to light up the scoreboard. He never really has. Um, he's just kind of the player that's going to be there when you watch the actual match. That you're you know you're in love with him because of the way he plays and the, what he's doing. Um, I think initially there was the reports and rumors. I think they were around what 18 million that came out. Um, I saw some things that went up to about 25, and I think um, I think he's definitely worth it. I think because he at his age he's still he's in his prime. Um, he's not old. He's not that young. He's been around for a while. Um, the thing I think that brings up the price tag and a lot of people talking about him is the the whole Barcelona that's behind it. Um, is being a part of that and seeing that. But I do think, you know, maybe he's not meant for a Barcelona type team, but we're West Ham. We're not really, we're not really a Barcelona type team anyway, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say go for it. I think just depends on the type of money and uh, how much actual transfer money we're going to get in as a club. I don't think anybody really knows that yet. I don't know if the Davids even know that yet, but, um, or they probably do. They're just holding it close to their chest, but um yeah, no, I like him as a player. I wrote an article about him. I think he would be a good person to get in there um, with Lanzini or filling in for Lanzini or even behind him on certain times. Uh, it just depends on what kind of system or formation they're going to play. But I think depending on the who we sell, um, and I know we can go into conversation about that because there's there's a couple other center mids that we have that might be a looking at coming up too. Um, it's going to get crowded, but I think at the right price and if we have the right amount of uh transfer money in there then yeah pull the trigger so uh just to update uh i believe uh the rumor just came out uh within the last hour or so that west ham are prepared to up their bid from uh 18 to 25 million uh and that pellegrini has uh, keyholed him as a player that he wants on this team uh so that's positive i guess um i don't know the validity of that if it's even true at all or it's just people linking things together um, you know, what's the point of putting out that or leaking out that you're prepared to raise your bid? Why don't you just do it? You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, I mean, it's all positive. West Ham are, are finally, after last season, uh, spending some money and, and, you know, they're investing in their team. And I think Pellegrini getting his first choice players is going to be extremely important. And if you're not going to get the likes of someone like Maxi Gomez, potentially um, getting someone like Andre Gomez, who can I mean, same name, different pronunciation, spelling. But, uh, you know, someone who can really impact every game you're in is, is really important there. Um, uh, new Scott, Scott Davis, uh, what are your thoughts on Gomez? Do you think he's a good fit for, for West Ham? Well, anybody who's coming out of Barcelona, I think, has to know something about football. I don't know him well enough to really talk about, is he the right guy overall? I like the position he plays. Uh, going back to what Jeremy was said, either playing behind Lanzini, I, I wonder if we could play you an attacking 4-3-3 with you know, uh, Declan behind Gomez and Lanzini and three up front in a really attacking situation where you have that second creative midfielder that can play off each other. Uh, I, I think looking at the numbers in terms of his speed, his skill, he looks interesting. Can we get him for a price that we can afford? Because I've, I've got some long thoughts about who we're going to end up selling this summer. I think there's a bit of money there, but not there isn't a hundred million dollars or a hundred million pounds this year. So I think we'll be shopping carefully. Having said that, this really feels a little bit like Felipe Anderson last year. 
You know, we've got Pellegrini saying, that's a guy I want, not being shy about it. It, it gets out there. He says, we'll up the price, and they're not playing games. They're just going to say, no, we want them. What do you need? It, it could be really interesting to see what happens. And old Scott, veteran Scott, what do you think? Is Gomez fit the bill here? I think he's something we've probably been missing. That um, He's probably a uh, – it's going to be a tough one because he's the person he's currently going to fill in for it or move in replace is probably someone like Noble. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah. you're not dropping Rice, because Rice is uh, as unbelievable talent in defensive midfield. So you look at someone sitting just in front of him, maybe a bit more box-to-box, have that uh, ability on the ball, go f- past the player, release release our attackers. Andre, he fits he fits that bill, yeah. He's, he's very good technically. Um, he, he's going to hold the ball. He's going to improve upon that Pellegrini idea of retaining possession and then... Uh, using our skill pass to get through, uh, or even hitting on the break. He's not a slouch, and he is he is good with a – he picks out a good pass. So I think he does. I, I think people will have to be uh, careful what they wish for in terms of – you can't – you're probably not going to see him and Noble in the same side too often unless we play um, with only one striker and we play like a 4-3-3 as such, uh, which has potential. Um uh, again, maybe against the bigger sides. Um, yeah, uh, probably something we need to start looking at because although he keeps coming back and def- defying everyone's prediction that this is going to be the season he falls away, he, he can't keep going forever, Noble. And as much as he loves this club, eventually his body will break down and um, won't allow him to be kicked anymore or uh, get in the, all these scraps, but he'll give everything. And yeah, we have to we have to have someone who can do what he does. Uh, Obiang hasn't really fit the bill since he signed. I liked him. Uh, but he's probably off this summer. Um, is Josh Cullen as good? Mm, it's going to be tough for him to... He's got to make that jump. Um, Connor Coventry also got to make a jump up. It's a uh, it's big, big ask. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think the Gomez signing or potential signing would also reveal a lot about the formation you're going to see. Um, and like you said, Scott, it looks like it would be someone like uh, Mark Noble who would be making way for him. Um, but also, if you have to think, if the club, and I don't think they have any plans of doing anything about getting Mark Noble out of the team, if the club want to maximize his value, um, they have to start finding ways for him to not play every match. Uh, and certainly, you know, like you said, his body's going to break down. But if you can restrict his, his game time as a late-game sub to keep the troops in order or, you know, second-half interjection of a little bit more forward-attacking thinking for somebody, you never know. That could be a, a really good role for him. And as long as he's around the, the, the change room, I think we're all going to be happy with that. Um, but I think we're going to see and, – and you know what? I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. It's because I am. I think we're going to see a new formation, which is kind of an old formation next season, which is that 4-2-2-2 if we end up signing someone like Mitrovic or even Rondon. Uh, you know, so, some, somewhere where we can have two creative players up high supporting two strikers and two um, outletting solid defenders. And I think Gomez is a good foil for Rice's stay-at-home defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll take the ball, outlet it, and move up the pitch. Um, let's move forward to some strikers because we have been linked to a few. Um, the, the most likely, I believe, at this point in time are Solomon Rondon uh, of West Brom, who played at Newcastle last year, and Alexander Mitrovic. Uh, Scott Davis, 
Uh, yeah. What is your opinion on those two? And would you like to see both of them, either of them, neither of them? What do you think? I wouldn't touch Rondon with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> he strikes me as a problem waiting to happen. Uh, I've, never, I've never liked the way he's comported himself on the pitch. When he when I've seen him play, he always looks, I don't know, like he's sad for himself when he's out there running. Like he's, you had he's to play at Newcastle. Ball. Wouldn't you be sad too? I've, listen, I've been to Newcastle. There's a lot of sadness there. Um <laughs> And and a, and a lot of people in very interesting clothing, but that's a different discussion. Uh, I I just I don't fancy him at all, and it's not to denigrate him as a human being. I just don't like the way he plays football. I don't like the effort level, and again, he has you know we talk about you know needing production. I don't see the production I think we need to see. Now I'm going to turn that around. I'm going to say Andre Mitrovic, I'd I'd be okay with. I know he didn't have a great year last year, but he was playing with subpar talent at Fulham. He he plays a more traditional playing for the, the, the playing for Serbia. He plays a much more traditional number 9 hard-nosed you'll get dirty, get in there striker. I I don't mind that. Uh, you know, he's not as tall as Andy Carroll I don't think, but he's fit. He's a plug of a man. Like he's just, he he's a bit of a brick. So he would be really intimidating to a defender if he's going in, you know, two guys going in at the ball. He's not going to back away from that contact. He could draw fouls in the box. He could win the occasional ball. He could, uh, he could, he could create a lot of havoc. And I don't mind that. He just needs the talent around him. And I think that's where we do go look for somebody like Gomez from Everton, who can help feed him that ball. So, uh, no on Rondon. Uh, yes on Mitrovic. Uh, Scott. Johnson, yeah. uh, please let me know your thoughts because I, I think you made a, f- a fair comment there about um, you know attitude, I guess, on the pitch. Yeah, I I, I don't think that um, Mitrovic is all that. Um, I uh, I've got a friend here in in Australia who's a Newcastle fan, and he said uh, that he was happy to see Mitrovic go uh, when they sold him because. Whilst he has this undoubted talent, he had this kind of burst at the start of the season, and then he just doesn't really perform. He kind of like people uh, work him out. Uh, people understand that he kind of it's only when he gets on a this head of steam that he he is decent. And having watched him, yeah, I, I kind of see it. I mean, he's got well, this season. He scored eleven goals and got three assists in thirty-seven games. It's not horrendous. Uh, I mean, it's more goals than our players scored in the Premier League, uh, any of our uh, players got in the Premier League. Um, but it's not really like, it's not, his attitude worries me. I worry that we're going to see, like if we put pressure on him, he's gonna we're going to be seeing this kind of the, the bad side of like what Arnautovic can turn into as well. Uh, sulky, petulant, aggressive, uh, it's not necessarily the right thing. I think Rondon, from what I've seen, he's played at West Brom, uh, where I've seen him in Newcastle. And when he gets balls into the box, he's dangerous. He's far more mobile than Andy Carroll was. And he's got 11 goals and seven assists in 30 games this year. I mean, that's a, that's almost a better ratio. He's got more assists. He does provide that link-up play. And I'm not sure Mitrovic is the same kind of player. I would like... I'm not sure how much Rondon would cost. Um, so this is 
theoretical, but if you're playing him with someone with the mobility around him, uh, I mean, are you saying that we can't provide him better like better support than Ayoji Perez? Yeah, we can. I mean, Perez is uh, he's overhyped. I think he's, uh, he's a bit too lightweight for the Premier League, uh, and he's still benefiting from playing with Rondon. I think he would offer a lot to the club if we worked out how to play him. Uh, but he's, I say, he's far more mobile. He's better with his feet than Andy Carroll is, and yeah, I, I would rather I would rather see Rondon than Mitrovic. I think he offered. Uh, there's a red card risk with Mitrovic, and I don't think we're going to see a season's worth of good performances from Mitrovic, where you will see consistency from Rondon. Maybe it's my forever optimistic uh, outlook, uh, but I, I would like to see both players because I think they would provide a good system, and I think it's also reasonable. West Ham don't need wingers. We don't need fullbacks, apparently. Uh, we need one solid starting central midfielder, and if that's Gomez, terrific. Uh, we need another defender, and it looks like that's going to be Maripan, Maripan uh, who's been linked in, you know, only to, to West Ham so far. Uh, and I think we need a couple strikers, and I think if you... If, if you look at it as sort of a conditioning of Mitrovic, um, if you could give him the best attributes of Solomon Rondon, the the sort of the solo play up top, how he's able to you know hold off defenders and get his other his teammates involved in the attack by himself, and if you look at Arnautovic playing as a really unconventional striker, getting into different positions, coming out wide, using his physicality and speed, if you can get isolate those and just pour them on top of Mitrovic, who's 24 years old. I think you could, you could have a really solid player there. Um, but I, I do like the idea of insulating him with a, with a couple veterans there. Uh, it should be noted that both players had 11 goals in the Prem last year, as Scott said, uh, which is enough to lead West Ham in goals. So it would, either one would be an, appro- an improvement. Um, but obviously, Mitrovic is going to cost more. He's younger. He has the, the international upside in Europe. Um, but I think both could be, could be worth a punt. I, I would be interested to see... If Mitrovic's link to West Ham is Pellegrini related at all, um, I know he likes to go outside the Premier League for his uh, for his players. But I also didn't think he would, you know, be the guy to pull the trigger on a Jack Wilshere deal last summer. Uh, so who knows? He's surprising all of us. Jeremiah, what do you think about uh, about those gentlemen there? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna split it kind of uh, right down the middle, I guess, of everybody. I'd be happy with either one. Um, or I don't know about happy. I'd be okay with either one. Um, both of them, they remind me a lot of the same as, as far as attitude goes, and that scares me a little bit, right? Because then you think about Arnautovic, and you think about that type of scenario. What if that happens again? Do we need two um, two type of personalities like that in the locker room? Is that too much? Um, but either or, really, I mean, you take it and you give Andy Carroll a little bit more agility and maybe not as much height and definitely not as good looking a hair but uh (laughs) and uh, and you and you throw them all in there i mean they're both good players i think and and you look like you said 11 goals for the teams that they were on you know we are definitely we have to think that we're better definitely than fulham and we have to think we're better than newcastle we can deliver in those passes a lot better um you can see either one of them doing better this than they did this previous season which they did better than any striker we had um so yeah i would be okay with either I think if we are going to bring somebody like Gomez in, you might look more towards Rondon just because of the price tag um, if we're going to fill up some other roles too, uh, especially we don't know how much money we're going to get. I don't want to get too stingy and have the uh, old less Ham habits in me come out. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would be honestly okay with either one. Yeah, I, I don't know if, we've, if we could have covered the bases 
more better or, or better than we, we just did right there. That was pretty solid. Um, do you guys, and, and maybe we can end off with a quick discussion on this. Do you guys see um, West Ham moving on, apparently moving on from Maxi Gomez, their number one target heading into the window and in January as, you know, kind of giving into giving into defeat or better use, utilizing their time and their, their resources on players who can help the, the club but may not take up as much negotiating time and as much uh, on the wage bill and out of the transfer budget. I'll, I'll go to you, Scott Davis, first. Um, are they giving up? No. Could they be playing a game where they're trying to you know see what happens? He hasn't signed anywhere yet. He's in uh, his national team squad playing in the uh, Gold Cup. So he's he's a little busy right now. I don't see them giving up quite yet, but I also see them saying, you know what, if we can't get where we want, we're going to diversify and go somewhere else. And Adam, I'm going to take, I'm going to say, you missed one thing that we need in the in the uh, transfer window. Uh-oh. We need a left back. Apparently, we don't. We're keeping both of them. I don't believe it. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Mazuaku makes it through this year wearing a West Ham kit. And Creswell's 30 years old and injury prone. I think we go get another left back. Look at Seamus Coleman. What is he, like 50 years old? He was great for Everton this year. <laughs> hey, the yeah, other day, somebody uh, started bringing up uh, Vazte. Uh, they're not Vazte. Uh, good Lord. Um, Guy Demel. Sorry. Jeez. In a conversation. It's like, wow, we're in the way back machine. Uh, yeah, if, if, if you want to go with Seamus Coleman, that's cool. But I, I just I think you're going to see a different left back as well. Listen, we signed. Didn't we sign Paulo Decanio when he was 31 years old? Age is just a number, guys. If Crestwell can play like he did this year, we're laughing. This is my point on, on fullbacks, and I'm sorry. I know I started this about Maxi Gomez. Here's my point, and you guys can let me know if you agree or disagree. How many games this season did we lose because of our fullbacks? I would say less than five. How many did we lose because of poor center back depth? A lot more. And how much did we lose? How many did we lose because of poor central midfield play? Probably more, and probably the most out of crappy striker return. So, out of where we need to invest, I think Mazuaku and Cresswell can do a job, and they know they're both fighting with each other. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I'm I would not sold. Agree with that. No, Come nope. On. I Mazuaku is not a left back. I mean, he did. Hey, I'll give him credit. He did great towards the end of the season, and that's good. But I, I've been watching enough, uh, watching enough tape back. Going, he's a little slow coming out from you know the the offside trap. He sometimes loses track of his man. He sometimes seems to not quite sure to be where he is. And against a very skillful forward, he's he's beaten quite easily sometimes. Um, Creswell, I just he was injury prone, and I have some heartache with what I see as a bit of whining on the pitch. Sometimes I see him throwing a strop now and then. I, I'm not sure he's a great fit either, and I don't think he necessarily fits Pellegrini's long term plans. If you take a look at Ryan Fredericks, I think that's the kind of person he wants there. Somebody fast, somebody agile, somebody who can move the ball and get moving. Creswell's a great crosser, but he's not a great runner. Isn't Mazuaku everything in attacking outside of speed, but sub in dribbling that Fredericks is? He, he except, except for the defending. Uh, yeah, Mazuaku has two modes, and that's super attacking winger. And I don't want to be on this pitch. And it's, you can't have that as a left back. Uh, there are times when he's quite simply watched a player just walk between him and the centre back. Nothing is said. Nothing. And then he goes, oh, didn't you see him? Like when the guy scores from the cross. I disagree with your thing about the uh, where we've lost most 
uh, of our games. I think if I think left back and central midfield is where we are, and they're the two places I would worry about most. I think in terms of striker return, uh, yeah, I mean years gone by, there's been a huge issue. It's still an issue uh, uh, in terms of really pushing us up to the next level. But in terms of stopping us leaking goals, yeah, left back. Left back and central midfield are the two things. So uh, I would be happy with Cresswell hanging around. I think he's better defensively. Masuaku, I think if we're going to keep him, he has to be considered as a left winger. I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, you're talking about hit difference between him and Ryan Fredericks. Ryan Fredericks came in. He disappeared for a while with injury and then um, I just sort of uh, working on stuff. And he works so hard to keep his line. He works back twice as hard as he does to get forward. He's busted a gut in every single match and his work rate has been amazing. He's, if, if this is due to Zabaleta's influence, then uh, keeping Zab around for longer and longer is the aim because Fredericks has been... I, towards the end, he was a key part in our back line, remaining solid, but also our ability to get out of it. If we can get someone, I don't know, if, if Sabaleta can work his ma- magic on Masawaku, then brilliant. But I don't see that same desire to be a left back that I see in Fredericks to be a right back. You know, I think that uh, I think we're all forgetting that uh, clearly Masawaku listens to this podcast because about the time of year last year, we all slated him off and would have <laughs> sold him for a uh, bag of dog food. Um, he decided to turn it back on. So uh, may- maybe, maybe now, you know, he's he's going to hear this. He's like, all right, I'll show them. So you're welcome, West Ham. <laughs> wow. Oh, dude, I, lo- I love the confidence. I uh, really love the confidence. Uh, also, first of all, um, uh, this is a nice break from us all just agreeing with each other on the podcast. So that's positive. Uh, also, um, a Mazuaku-related news. Uh, him and Jack Wilshire are apparently madly in love based off of these new yeah. kids. So uh, I love I love when you see little nuggets like that. Uh, you know, Jack Wilshire saying all he needs is 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 you know is to see Mazuaku in it, and then he's sending hard eye emojis back and stuff like that. That stuff just you know adds a little flair and a little color to life. But uh, you know what? I think as far as transfers are cons- concerned right now for West Ham and, and guys, please let me know your thoughts on this too. We're all in the dark guessing here. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the curtains have been closed on, you know, on negotiations. X even said the most serious targets that West Ham have are not being talked about all that much in the media right now. So that really leaves you to guess, you know, who the team's targeting and who they're trying to go after. It's also a real big slap in the face that the English window opens on like the 23rd of May, but everyone else is on, is in June. Um, I hate that because we're sitting here for sure seven days, but seven days feels like seven years when it comes to this, just like the same seven days before the season starts. Uh, it feels like far too long. So um, we're all kind of guessing, which is nice. You know, leave the speculation there. Don't let too much, you know, slip out into the media. Uh, any final words on anything we talked about today, guys? I know I'm, I'm going to have to go finance a, a kit sale after this. And I know I'm going to be continuing to try and uh, link up West Ham's future players with their formations and how it's all going to work into a 4 2 2 uh, What about you guys? What are we thinking here? How do we want to end this out? So I'll go first since I, I'm the newest one. I think you're going to see a lot more people sold than you thought you were going to see. When there, I wrote a column for Green Street Hammers a while ago, and I named Alexander er, Ale, <laughs> Ugbana, I think he goes. I think we sell him. Um, I think we get uh, we get rid of Chicharito. 
and I think we actually move Obiang and a couple of the young guys. I think they're going to sell, sell to buy this year, and I think they're going to be aggressive. You know, I like that. I'm excited. Uh, it's a it's a boring time of year, but man, when you really dig into this time of year, there's a lot going on. Um, there's always something going on, and and you could you could find enough to to take up a whole day of just listening to West Ham stuff or looking up West Ham stuff. So. I love it. Uh, beautiful weather and beautiful times, and uh, I can't wait. Can't wait to get it back. Scott, close us out. What do you think? Yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. I think we've got a, a good summer ahead. Uh, uh, with some of you guys, I think we're looking at a. Uh, last year was a spend to sort of move. Like we needed to attract some big players and really sort of revitalize the squad. Um, this year, I think we're looking at more like a gentle. Uh, rotation of players so we'll see some Deadwood sell out and uh, hopefully some players that just more of a Pellegrini fit will just be have a bit more confidence in the squad and I think it, it could be uh, an interesting uh, few weeks as we um, as we enter the proper the transfer season proper well, there's no better way to uh, end this than on that positive note of looking forward to next year. And if that doesn't make us all West Ham fans, I don't know what does. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, thanks for, for uh, coming together. And, and Scott uh, Davis, thanks for joining the Green Street Hammers crew. Everyone look out for more articles and blogs. He likes to get into the nitty-gritty stats, uh, and he has uh, already done so a few times over. Uh, we look forward to more from you guys, and we look forward to the transfers and the season ahead. Uh, you know, keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers, and we'll be back in uh, in a couple weeks' time. Cool. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.